Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Evolution Podcast. Namaste. My name is Paul Teodo, joined here with Michael Henry. Most yoga teacher trainings are becoming watered down and mediocre. So we've created this podcast to help supplement those of you who graduated from a teacher training and don't feel confident going out into the real world. Michael and I are lucky to have been trained by some amazing people. We've gone out into the world ourselves and had success, and we want you to feel confident to protect your students and to build your career with integrity and authenticity. Welcome to our podcast. All right. Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Evolution. My name is Paul Teodo, your co-host for this episode with my friend Michael Henry. Michael, how are you? I'm doing very well, Paul. Thank you. Awesome. So today we are going to talk about getting a six pack, bruh. Or an eight pack. A six pack or an eight pack, bruh. (laughs) No, we're going to talk about the core. We're going to talk about what the core is, um, why a lot of people do not like doing core, how beneficial it is to work your core, and how the six pack is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what you're really trying to accomplish by developing a strong core. And I'm going to pass most of this to Michael because I spent 10 years in LA and all I know about is the six pack. And what was it that you're saying before? Uh, just don't eat, drink a lot of diet Coke. That's what the models do. They drink diet Coke and they don't eat and they smoke cigarettes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want a six pack, smoke cigarettes, drink diet Coke. No, this is not, this is not what I should be saying. No, 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 no. So yeah, should we just start by probably talking about what the core is? Because it's such a misunderstood word. Because the core, you think, oh, I got to do crunches, I got to do plank and all this stuff, and I got to do anything that's going to get that six pack abs. Um, and before the episode, we started talking a little bit about like what actually includes the core. And I mean, if you just think of your torso, basically from your shoulders to your hips. That whole section there is arguably part of your core. It's like the center of your body. It's what kind of keeps everything, you know, working and functioning. Your limbs come from the core of your body. When people are referring to core muscles, they're usually referring to the muscles that are in the abdominal area. And that's usually why people kind of fall into, okay, the six pack is the core, uh, the uh, part of the core muscles, which is true. But it's not just that. Um, I think what's important to know, and the way that I think about it is, the core muscles are basically, and we don't even need to talk about higher than the ribs if we not at this stage anyway, but ultimately your core goes from your, your belly button or your stomach all the way around to your back, basically to your spine. So even the muscles on your side body and even the muscles on your back, like your quadratus lumborum, if that means anything to you, it's basically the muscle on your lower back on both sides. That is part of your core as well. It's all very important. The quadratus lumborum, also known as the QL. The QL. Yeah, for short. And I guess the best way to visualize this, if you think of your body as like a building, and, you're in, and a building structure requires strong walls on all sides, whether it's a four-wall building or it's a circle building or whatever, it needs to be strong on all sides, otherwise it's going to teeter or tilt to one side, whatever wall might be weaker. So this is the way that is probably most beneficial to think of your core, your body, and if you have a section of your core that might not be as defined or not, might not be as um, taken care of, we'll say, then chances are you're going to be tilting a little bit more. So 
Generally speaking, I would say that most people's front core, so the abdominal area, is usually the weaker of the, the lot, we'll say. Um, so for that reason, a lot of forward posture uh, positions is kind of what most people fall into, whether it be sitting in a chair, kind of leaning forward, lying on the couch, leaning forward. It's kind of just comfortable, right? You don't really need to engage your core muscles, or I should say, <laughs> you don't want to engage your, your abdominal muscles, so you kind of just end up bending forward. So that, that area just gets really relaxed and passive, and it doesn't really need to do a whole lot. So over time, if we don't actually use those muscles, then that part of the wall, that part of our building, becomes a little bit imbalance uh, to create that stability for our quote-unquote building. So that's that's something to think about when it comes to core. It's it's not just the six-pack. It's not just the eight-pack. It's not just the front. It's kind of the whole lot. And if you feel like you know something is not quite imbalanced, uh, then chances are the core is a great place to start. And that's basically what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize uh, how important having a strong core is for lower back pain, for posture, for balance, for what else? Movement. Movement. Any movement, yeah. Um, I mean, there's, it's such a big topic, but we'll, we'll try to like keep it relatively concise um, and, and practical and useful. But I mean, core is, it, it's, it's, your, it's just, like I was saying at the beginning, it's the center of your body. It's what keeps everything together. And if it's relatively loose or flaccid or it's, it's not as um, in controlled or stable, then the rest of your body is going to kind of flail about. You know what I mean? Whether it be through movement or, you know, just sitting on the couch and stuff like that, then you'll just kind of flop. And the idea is we want to support our body as much as possible, particularly your spine. So the core is probably most effective at protecting the spine. Obviously, the limbs are a little bit further away from it, but the limbs, the limbs have a huge role in it because the limbs weigh a certain amount. And depending on how we move our limbs will affect our body's core stability. So as we move our arms or our legs further away from our body, our core needs to be more engaged in order to support that weight differentiation. So yeah, that's probably one of the main things that I think is most important with regards to the core. And that's the thing that people don't think about is that when we're doing movements and even just like day-to-day -day movements, whether it be getting up out of bed, getting up off the couch, getting up off of a chair, like our core is engaging, right? Uh, but usually passively, usually kind of happens in the background. Um, but if we don't consistently keep it up, then what happens is those muscles eventually get weak. And then we say, okay, well, I should probably do core, but I don't really want to do core because core is hard. So then you don't do it. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, over time, you have a bit of an imbalance in your, your core muscles. And then that can lead to things like, you know, overflexing in the back and then therefore getting lower back pain, maybe getting some muscle imbalance in your hips and you get some compensation all of a sudden your hip flexors or your psoas is starting to give you issues maybe their glutes are starting to give you issues maybe you're getting low back pain on one side versus the other side like scoliosis like all these things can kind of kind of come from having an imbalance of um, strength in your core muscles yeah so what what would you give a client that came to you that was like they lacked core stability what would be the number one thing you should do first off you can do core every day, right? Aren't they, aren't, isn't core the type of muscles that can be exercised every day? Absolutely. Yeah. So you yeah. can do core every day. And what, uh, what would you say would be the number one healthiest movement or exercise to do for your core? Sit-ups, just straight up sit-ups. Really? Even better than a plank? No, I'm totally joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> no, no. Sit-ups are, 
yeah, they're they're definitely not up there, but most people kind of fall into that trap because it seems like the easiest thing. Outdated. It's a little outdated bit. information. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I would say, yeah, to some degree, we'll we'll talk about the exercise, but I think the thing that I want to speak about more um, is just like the specific muscle, and it's going to be one thing. So it's one thing to focus on, and I mean, you can Google this stuff, you can YouTube this stuff, but basically, your transverse abdominis is the muscle that's probably the most important core muscle in your body. Um, and you can visualize this muscle, like I was saying, from your, your belly button all the way around to your spine. Um, so it kind of like encases the space from where your pelvis is to where all the way up to your ribs are. Basically the soft part of your front body, all the way from the side, soft part of your side body, all the way to basically your spine. So it's kind of like a corset. You can imagine it, uh, the look of it as like a corset underneath your body. And this muscle is not like a large one. I mean, it's got a, covers a lot of surface area, but it's super thin. It's like paper thin. So when it's engaged, it's basically like putting up a wall. And that's why I use the building as an example. Like it, when that muscle's engaged, when it's, it's been exercised and strengthened, it's like creating a stable wall around your body to help basically support you. Now, most people think of the, the bigger muscles, the, the six-pack muscles, which is like the rectus abdominis, the obliques, those bigger ones that kind of pop out. So the transverse abdominis is actually underneath all of those. And it's a little bit harder to train um, and to work at. Usually there's a bit of, I mean, like I said, you can go on YouTube and they might have some exercises that you can visualize to try to train it. I can't do that through a podcast audio mic. There's no way. But um, the, the important part is recognizing that that muscle is like the key. And when you're doing exercises like plank or you're doing any kind of movements uh, to get up and move around, whether it be out of bed, out of, out of a chair, off a couch, that transverse abdominus is super important to be engaging whenever you're doing movements. Particularly for yoga, whenever we're going into certain challenging postures or different movements or even transitioning into postures, that's okay. when that muscle becomes super important as well. And that's what people, a lot of people don't realize is a lot of uh, yoga students will injure themselves transitioning from one pose to the next. And that could be because their transverse abdominis or other deep core muscles aren't strong or engaged enough. Yeah, or they get lazy. Like mm. not that, not the person, but the muscles get lazy because they haven't just been given enough endurance. Yeah, not enough endurance strengthening. Um, so that's why it's it's really good to just constantly, whether it be in yoga practice or even going to the gym. I mean, if you work with a personal trainer, basically no matter what exercise you're doing, they're always like, make sure you're engaging your core. Make sure you're drawing your belly button in. Yeah. Because it just helps to create a strong, stable body in whatever exercise you're doing. So it's really, really important for that reason. And particularly the transverse abdominis. It doesn't mean, you know, crunch and squeeze your abdominals together. It means it's a, it's like a soft, subtle engagement by drawing your belly button in. That's that's what your transverse abdominus is. Yeah, in yoga they call it Uddiyana Bandha. It's exactly, a, it's, a, it's a bond. It's a it's a lock, a gentle energetic lock, and it is subtle. Like you don't overdo it. You, you know, you do twenty to thirty percent of what you could do, and then you feel really that that engagement working working for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, and the reason why this topic kind of came up is because um, I was talking to a friend last week, and he was basically saying how much he hates doing core. He just hates it. Hmm. doesn't enjoy it at all. Um, and then when he learned how important the core was, how important it was for balance in his body, and that means two different things, and we'll talk about that, that's when he all of a sudden said, well, I don't care if I don't like it. I'm still going to do it because I know how good it is for my body. So that's basically the point of this, this episode is to kind of pass that off to you and for you to be able to communicate that to 
you know, your students, your class participants, your friends, whoever, it doesn't really matter, so that they can understand the importance of it as well. So it gives them a little bit more inspiration, maybe some motivation to actually do some of the core work or engage that core body a little bit more, whether it be in yoga practices, whether it be going to the gym, whatever. It's just going to help your overall health immensely. So going back to the balance piece, um, there's two things that I would say with regards to balance because balance is, can mean a couple of things, a couple, a couple of different things. So the first one I would say is actual balance, as in like standing on one leg, standing on two feet, you know, getting pushed over to the side. We actually have like a standing balance. And the core muscles are super important for that reason. <clears throat> so that is kind of the example that I use with the building, um, where if you have strong walls on all four sides and you're moving around, it's going to be a lot more stable. Obviously, buildings don't move, but generally speaking, and, and when you're in movement and you need to engage your balance, your core muscles, <clears throat> particularly your transverse abdominis, becomes really important. <coughs> Excuse me. So the one example that I like to use of this is whenever you are in a situation where you really need to make sure that you're balancing really well, whether it be you're maybe hiking or you're I don't know, trying to do to, to a slack line or something like this, or you're hopping from rock to rock because you're going across a creek or something like this. And, and the reason why I'm using this example is because um, I used to do this with my nephew quite a bit. We'd just kind of like run around in the, in the forest. And he always used to communicate to me like, this is really hard. I'm getting tired. You know, my legs are getting tired. So I just cued to him very gently, just like, you know, tuck your, tuck your belly button in, draw in a little bit and just try to tighten your, your, your stomach a little bit. Not too much. I want you to continue to be able to breathe, but just like tighten your body just a little bit more. Yeah. And then what that does is it just allows that stability through your entire body a little bit more so your, your arms and your shoulders don't kind of sway too much when you're moving. And then all of a sudden you're getting that balance, that standing balance a lot more. And you conserve so much more energy. Conserve so much more energy, exactly. You're, you're minimizing the sway. You're minimizing the, the center of balance moving away from or sorry, you're minimizing the weight moving away from your center of balance, hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's one of the obvious pieces of the balance part and how core is connected to that. So that's like super easy to do. Anytime you're in a situation where you're like, I need to, you know, you're nervous about falling, maybe you're like near a cliffside or, you know, something along those lines. Engaging the core is super beneficial in that kind of way. Um, it's kind of like a hack, I guess. But um, the second piece is balance in the body, particularly muscle balance. So having, and this kind of goes back to the building, if, building, if you have, you know, stronger muscles or weaker muscles on one side of your wall, then you're going to have a muscle imbalance. Basically, there's just not even, you know what I mean? So for that reason, let's just say, you know, because this is mostly the case, the front body is a little bit weaker and we're more likely to slouch forward. As a result of that, there's going to be some compensation in the body. So if you have rounded shoulders where your shoulders kind of like kind of fall forward a little bit, kind of like a rounded back, but you're, you know, you kind of want to open your collarbones a little bit, but it's really challenging for you to do. Usually that's kind of a result of not having um, as much stability or balance in your core muscles, not necessarily your shoulder or your shoulders, I should say. Um, and the same thing for the neck. If you have like a, um, you know, a neck posture that's very forward, I mean, regardless of how much time you spend on the computer, on your phone, in the kind of in that slump position, uh, but ultimately, the core is the is the most important part to kind of alleviate <clears throat> that um, muscle imbalance. Because if your core is strong and you're able to s sit or stand more upright, 
then all of a sudden it's going to be a lot easier for you to pull your shoulders back and your head back as opposed to if your core muscles aren't strong enough and you're doing the shoulder things and now all of a sudden we have some muscle imbalance going on in your body there's just so much compensation that can happen happen from that and then that can lead to you know muscle imbalance in the hips and in the legs and like it just can kind of spread up and down from there so the core is literally the center of the body and it's also kind of the most important part for balance muscle balance in the entire body as well so even though we don't really see it that way um, and particularly when i say core i'm referring to the transverse abdominis because it's such a subtle muscle that people don't really know that much about mm -hmm. i think it's really important for people to understand it to some degree and you know whenever you use cues or language like drawing your belly button in or draw your navel to your towards your spine or lifting your lower abdomen or whatever language you want to use I think people feel more inspired and, and motivated to do it when they understand why. Oh, yeah. And I think that's kind of the whole point. If you can, you know, take something away from what I've been saying and use that to feel like, you know, this is going to help you, you know, have more balance in your body. If you're having issues with, you know, your lower back or your, your neck or your shoulders, like the core is going to be really important. So drawing your navel in or drawing your, your belly button upwards, oh, sorry, towards your spine is going to really help to create some stability in your body and help to alleviate some of that compensation that it might have developed over the years. Excellent. Yeah. So moving on from that, afterwards, so let's say somebody comes to you and they have a weak core and, it's, and because of it, they're, they've developed some, some lower back pain and a lack of balance. What would you give them beside, I mean, plank would obviously be one, forearm plank. Do you have, do you have a preference like plank or forearm plank? Do you think one is better than the other? Or? Hmm. Um, forearm plank is probably a little bit easier because it takes a little bit less stress on the shoulders. Mm -hmm. um, you have a lot more stability because you're using your forearms as opposed to just your hands. But before I would answer that with that, I would say sometimes it's, it's helpful. Actually, you know what? When you do plank, you probably naturally somewhat, if coached properly, can engage your transverse abdominis. Usually what I do when someone comes to see me is I sit them down uh, on their back, they have their knees up, their feet on the floor, and I get them to put their fingers basically just inside of their, their, their the front of their pelvis. Yeah, yeah. Just the soft spot. So not quite like on the abs, not quite like in the groin, but just, just along the side there and just kind of pushing in. And then I try to get them to engage their core without flexing their six pack. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very subtle movement that you'll just feel almost like, almost like a saran wrap and you put your finger on a saran wrap and then someone pulls it on both sides and then it just tightens. Yeah, yeah. That's the feeling of, of what it's like to, to engage your transverse abdominis. And usually I, what I try to do when someone comes to see me is I try to train them to understand that. Because if they can understand that and feel that in their body, then they're going to be more likely to be able to engage it whenever they're doing movements throughout the day. Yeah. But if they don't know how to do, do that and they're doing movements throughout the day, they're just going to engage their, their, you know, their larger muscles. And that subtle transverse abdominus underneath is not going to get the love that it needs. So usually I try to isolate it as much as possible at the beginning yeah. to get a little bit of learning uh, body awareness by doing a little exercise like that. Um, and then you can do it in sitting as well. Um, but ultimately the idea is if you engage, so for example, I'm engaging it right now, just kind of drawing in. And you should be able to continue to breathe when you do it. If you're engaging your larger muscles and really flexing, it, and then you're trying to talk, and you're going to eventually run out of breath. It's going to compress your because head. because you're using so much more energy because those muscles are so much larger that you're going to need more oxygen to do it. Yeah. 
So that's the difference between those larger muscles and that subtle, smaller muscle. So usually I try to help people train that muscle if it's something that's like, you know, not activating at all, which is not necessarily everyone's case. Usually if they're coming to see me and they're having back issues, then that's probably one of the first places that I look. So generally speaking, most people's transverse abdominuses are somewhat active. They just might not be, um, they might not have the endurance to be able to sustain certain movements or poses because they're not actively engaged. They kind of passively engage. Hmm. Cool, cool. So the other thing that I say is once we've kind of established a bit of like a baseline of like, okay, this is, this is your transit from Dominus. This is how it works. This is what it's important for. Basically the stuff we've been talking about. Now the idea is that you kind of want to level it up. So, you know, you don't want to just lay on your back with your knees up and then engage your, your muscles and hold it for 10 seconds and continue to breathe. And like, that's it. Yeah. The idea is that you want to be able to engage that muscle and then start to resume activities of, you know, daily life type of thing. And then what will naturally happen is if you give it enough attention and enough in, uh, love and endurance, eventually that muscle just start to contract involuntarily. Did I say that right? Volun voluntar voluntarily? It'll, it'll contract, contract on its own. Like yeah, it, yeah, won't, yeah. it won't need you to do it for it. Um, involuntarily. Involuntarily, yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of the goal. And a lot of people can do that. Probably yourself, whenever you're doing plank and all that stuff, you don't need to really think about it a whole lot. You probably just need to put yourself in the position your body's like, I know what to do here. Yeah. Right. Some people, they don't, they don't have that same kind of awareness to be able to do that. Or maybe the muscles just not quite activating, but the idea is to build up the endurance, build up the awareness a little bit of what that, that engagement does because, you know, doing the core, drawing your belly button in, it might be hard at the beginning, especially if you're doing like, I don't know, warrior two or chair pose or something like that. And you're trying to like engage this subtle body in your lower abdominals. And you're also trying to like hold chair. It's like, yeah. it's going to be really hard to concentrate on that, yeah. which is why I try to do something a little bit more simpler where they're just laying on their back. Hmm. And then we build up the exercises to be like, okay, let's get out of a chair. And when you get out of a chair, just standing out of a chair, you know, make sure to hold that, that engaged core and then go walk around and then come back and sit back in the chair. And you should be able to hold the, the core the entire time. It's interesting that you say that because now that I have a baby, I'm having to get out of a chair without using my hands so much and i'll sometimes i'll be sitting like deep into like uh like a chair like a like a deep couch and i'll have my my son in my arms and i won't have one of my hands free so i've had to like learn how to like lean forward really drive down through my heels and then stand up in one motion and i definitely noticed like it took some training even though i know my core is actually quite strong but noticing like oh wow this actually takes some strength mm. and the difference is is that now you're carrying a baby so yes. your weight distribution is different yeah so now your core needs to learn well it doesn't need to learn it needs to accommodate or adjust for that weight distribution as whereas before you probably had no issues you could do it naturally and you wouldn't have to think about it or i just use one of my hands like because oh, you're yeah, sitting true. like deeply into a chair or like a couch and you lean forward you just put your hand down for a second and true. You stand up but you have no hands right. and you have the baby the weight distribution is different it's right. actually like it actually took some some practice to be able to like do it easily. Right. Now I can, but yeah. So that's the answer then. So what's the best thing to do is just get a baby. Have a baby. Sit in a deep couch. Yeah. And just engage your transverse abdominus and stand up. Exactly. Simple as that. <laughs> so yeah, so that's um I think that's that's the big takeaway is like the core is super important and it and it can help you in so many ways and it can help your students, your class participants, your family, whoever. And the whole point is for you to understand a little bit more about it so that you can use in your own words how it or what it means to you so that, you know, whoever you're speaking to can kind of have that inspiration and motivation to actually do core because holding plank for a few minutes is not fun. 
Uh, it's unless, fun for me to unless, teach. Unless you're it's fun Paul. for me to watch. <laughs> unless you're Paul, who just makes you hold it for like five minutes. I held, I, I hold plank on my own. Like at my house, I was telling you, I'm working up to a five minute plank. Mm-hmm. I'm at like four minutes. I'll be, I'll be at my five minute plank by next month. Right. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's, it's making me think like maybe I should try to start doing that, but I don't think I can hold it for more than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, for me, with plank, um, my shoulders get top, um, more fatigued quickly than my core does. Yeah. So that's why if I do forearm plank, it's, I can hold it much longer because yeah, yeah, yeah. my shoulders just get fatigued. And probably, and this can caveat or this can transition into what we were talking about before, is my shoulders probably get fatigued in a pl- in a plank like a full plank because my shoulders start to sink. Yeah, yeah, and you're not engaging your serratus anterior. Oh yeah, serratus anterior. So you take my teacher trainings. I talk about the serratus anterior all the time. It's very important. Uh, stability muscle and I actually asked Michael do you consider it a core part of the core and you said sort of yeah and we can probably um, explain how that is so not to confuse too much but I the core muscles like I was saying is predominantly around the abdominal area but at the beginning I also mentioned that your core body is from your shoulders to your hips Um, most of the time we're standing on two feet we're not you know, on all fours, we're not on our hands too often, but when we are doing any kind of arm balancing or anytime we're using our hands as to support our body weight, the serratus anterior becomes in a very important core muscle, very important, particularly in, cl- in plank. So for example, with me, if I'm doing a plank and I'm trying to hold it to, you know, strengthen my core muscles, my abdominal muscles, but then all of a sudden I can't hold it anymore. My shoulders feel like they're going to fall off. It's because my serratus anterior doesn't have the same endurance or the same love that it needs to be able to support me there uh, as long as I want it to. So yeah, that's why I like to give people those scapula pushups where they're they keep their they're doing push they keep their arms straight and they literally just, the entire pushup is done from the shoulder joint. Exactly. And they're so intense. They're so good though. Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't know what the serratus anterior is, I mean, I can kind of try to explain it briefly, but ultimately it's a muscle that connects from your shoulder blade to your ribs. So it's kind of underneath. You wouldn't, you can kind of see it if you, if someone has their arms up in the air and you see like, it almost looks like ab muscles along your ribs on the side of your body. That's what your serratus, your serratus anterior is. And what it does, it allows you to move your shoulders forward. So basically what Paul was saying is like doing like a, would you call it a scapula scapula push up like a slight push-up. rounding of the upper back yeah it's, it's basically if your arms are straight and your arms stay straight so your elbow stays straight but you're still able to move your shoulders forward and backward that's so like, like protraction retraction. protraction and retraction yeah. yeah so protraction is what the serratus anterior does yeah and if you're holding something like plank um, it's really important to protract your shoulders and push and kind of create that space otherwise they'll sink down and then all of a sudden other structures are taking on that weight and it just gets really uncomfortable and yeah. starts the fatigue. So yeah, so the serratus anterior is definitely an important part of the core muscles, particularly yeah. if you are probably only when you're supporting yourself through your arms, but very important nonetheless, because in yoga, oftentimes you're supporting yourself through your arms. Yeah. Yeah. Any arm balance, any inversion, you need to learn to engage. That's why I always have my students like find a slight rounding of the upper back before they they um, walk their hand or their feet forward if they're going to kick up for a handstand or like pinch a myrasana coming from an actual like slight protraction of the shoulders mm-hmm. and then they have that stability so much more yeah 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 it makes a big difference and um, I think the, the the difference between we'll say the transverse abdominis and the serratus anterior since those are the two muscles we focused on um, 
the serratus the serratus anterior um it, it it's probably quite active already like it's not like your transverse abdominis where it start might start to go dormant and you need to like retrain it in like a very simple position on your back with your knees up like your serratus anterior is kind of always going to be around and it's going to kind of be engaged but it might not necessarily have the endurance yeah or the strength to be able to do certain arm balances or arm poses or not arm poses but uh, any kind of um yeah basically poses where you're putting weight through your shoulders um and that's just because you know most people don't do that on a regular basis yeah so it's really important to develop that muscle through probably softer or easier arm uh, balances i mean even something like tabletop is a great way to just train it you can just be in tabletop and just round up and do um cat. And, li- and lift the knees a centimeter yeah that's and what i like like the cat pose with the le- with the knees lifted like a centimeter yeah it's like a simple way yeah yeah and then as long as you're keeping the rounding and yeah. you're not sinking down with your shoulders then that's just gonna a great way to build endurance in the serratus anterior as well yeah. cool cool question yeah is it serratus or serratus <laughs> it's funny you say that because i think i switched a couple times i know you did because i always said serratus but maybe i'm an idiot and maybe serratus, that's wrong serratus i mean i guess it depends i don't know tomato tomato yeah whatever yeah. it's <laughs> yeah it's the muscle that moves your shoulders forward yeah the protraction muscle yeah it's there the we one go. that's going to give you Super awesome arm balances, super awesome pincha, um, basically anything where you're on your your hands or your elbows. It's going to be super important. So, Learn how to use it. You learn how to use it. Learn how to use your transverse abdominis. If you don't know, go on YouTube, look it up. Um, or train with us. Or train with us. We can definitely teach you how to we'll, do that. We'll teach you how to do that stuff. Yeah, easy peasy. Um, all right, so hopefully you got some nuggets out of that, and now you understand it a little bit more uh, for yourself, of course, but also for the people that you're working with because they want to know because they don't want to do core they don't want to do arm balances because it's hard and sometimes they don't understand why it's hard but if you can communicate to them why it's hard and what they need to do to make it better they're going to like you a lot more amen cool all right i think that's it agree all right thank you so much for listening otherwise that's it for us today no it's not it's not we have ytt masterclass that's right. Starting uh, February, the second week of February. It's 12 master classes, uh, 30 hour continuing education training. This uh, master class, YTT, is designed for anybody who took a yoga teacher training and does not feel confident teaching in the real world. Maybe you didn't have enough anatomy, you didn't have enough sequencing, didn't get enough practice teaching or methodology business of yoga this is going to cover all of that real world stuff okay to get you ready for the real world it's the most common complaint that michael got when he was doing research on teacher trainings and it's what i am really really good at so my me and my friend byron that we do teacher trainings together we're very good at getting people ready for the real world i'll be leading a bunch of these master classes michael's going to do a few really important lectures on just how to protect your students and um, how to uh, prevent injury prevent injury and uh, it'll be super beneficial so if if you're interested if you're a yoga teacher and you want to sharpen your toolbox if you don't feel confident take our training it's going to be awesome yeah i can't believe i almost forgot about that if you want to check it out you can go to yttmasterclass.com or you can send us a dm and we can uh, can point you in the right direction as well do it awesome All right. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.